All right, welcome back to the channel this week, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. Well, today we've got a very interesting topic indeed. Very rarely do I get to blend finance and banking with politics, but that is exactly what we're seeing at the moment, what we're going to talk about in today's video. Now, to jog your memory on this, we talked about back in January how a number of banks were actually overstepping their power and jurisdiction and they were starting to discriminate. So they were thereby closing a number of bank accounts of people or organizations that didn't align with their agenda. Of course, we know what this agenda is, but today we've just had a letter come out and uh, I just want to bring your attention to this one. So this is from Commonwealth of Kentucky Office of the AG, the Attorney General. And what they've done is they've actually put JP Morgan Chase on notice. So you can see all the people that have signed this off, some very senior people, uh, the AG of Georgia, Arkansas, Indiana, Kansas, Mississippi, Montana, Texas, South Carolina, Louisiana, it goes on and on and on. So this is very, very serious. And what I want to do is we've got some great articles as well on the shared screen to show you as we get into this. But I want to just read this out because I do think this is quite an important document that you need to be aware of. And, and so you can see what these banks, the big banks, have been doing. Of course, Wells Fargo has just received a $1 billion fine as well. And I'll get into this now, but always remember that because I keep seeing these comments all the time saying, Neil, there's nothing we can do, we have no power. And that is a very defeatist sort of viewpoint to have on the world. What I would say to you is, yes, as one person, you don't have a whole lot of power. But when you start to vote with your, as we used to say, your pocketbook, when you start to vote with your money and your finances, you can actually start a very strong movement as uh, Bud Light found out to their detriment very recently. Even you look at Disney and a couple of other uh, big companies, they are finding out now that when people start to move en masse and start to use their funds to make change, it does, it does work when you are a collective. And that's exactly what actually a lot of these big banks and organizations have done. They have mobilized their own finances to push certain things. Now, I don't want to get into all the politics of that. I'll leave that for you guys, which you love to do in the comments. I'm just here to provide you with the facts and the information. So let's look at this letter then. It is very, very interesting. Uh, Re, discrimination by Chase due to religious or political affiliation. It actually gets worse as you go through the letter, <laughs> as hard as that is to believe. Okay, dear Mr. Diamond, so this is JP uh, Morgan CEO, that is Jamie Diamond, of course. It is clear that JP Morgan Chase & Co. has persistently discriminated against certain customers due to their religious or political affiliation. This discrimination is unacceptable. Chase must stop such behavior and align its business practices with the anti-discrimination policies that Chase proclaims. Yeah, and of course, there are laws against discrimination as well, but these banks seem to just pay a fine and they 
get away with it. So it is crucial, and again, this is how you vote and how you make changes with your finances. In its public-facing statements, Chase markets the company's professed openness and inclusivity. Yeah, well, we know this word. We, we keep hearing about inclusivity all the time. Chase touts that it opposes discrimination in any form. Well, the evidence is the contrary to this and promotes an inclusive society where everyone feels welcome, equal and included. No, that's not quite correct as we know. The inclusive society is exclusive of certain groups and organizations. We know this, we've seen that. Um, the letter goes on to say, no form of discrimination, harassment, inappropriate or abusive conduct is to be tolerated. But Chase has not extended its openness and exclusivity to everyone. Last year, Chase debanked a preeminent religious liberty organization. And this was not an anomaly. This is really difficult to read out, actually, as there have been at least two other similar incidents. So what's happened as a result of these, these three incidents then? Well, the shareholders actually called, as well as outside groups, called upon Chase to disclose this information, policies on closing accounts, and that it participates in the survey component of the Viewpoint Diversity Score Business Index. That's a mouthful. Chase has opposed both of these requests. Not only that, it went on to make a legal request that it does not participate and actually give out this information. Again, they say we're completely innocent and all this other stuff. If you're innocent, why would you not provide the information being requested? You know, if, if someone accused me of something today and I was asked to provide, you know, open up, oh, you did this and, you know, so-and-so, where were you there? I would say, oh, I was here, here's my alibi, you're welcome to speak to them, I've got nothing to hide. So whenever you see these groups that say no, no, and they go to massive lengths, huge expenses, loads of lawyers in order to not provide information. Sometimes you know there's something a little bit fishy going on. However, Chase says they celebrate its participation in the uh, Corporate Equality Index sponsored by the, and again, I'm just reading this letter out, Left Wing Human Rights Campaign. Quite simply, this viewpoint discrimination demonstrates that Chase is not the inclusive company it claims to be. It's only being inclusive for certain organizations and not all. So again, I mean, I don't think we can disagree with this letter. If you're going to say you're inclusive and you're not gonna create any form of discrimination, then you need to be inclusive of everyone and not have discrimination against anyone. That clearly isn't the case here. Uh, it, the letter goes on to say, first, in May of 2022, so a year ago, and we actually talked about this on the channel, they closed the account of the National Committee for Religious Freedom, so NCRF. Uh, we remember this video because we talked about it on the walk and talk, and they gave absolutely no reason whatsoever as to why they closed their bank account. This is a non-profit dedicated to defending the right of everyone in America to live one's faith freely. Now we know what a lot of this was about. It was about the mandates and things like that at the time. This group was taking on a lot of cases for people that said they had injuries and things like that. And next thing you know, their account gets closed down. The NCRF's board includes 
people for Christian, Hindu, Jewish and Muslim members. However, Chase sent them a letter indicating the bank had ended their relationship and that's what it states. Now, I can actually talk about this from personal experience as you will know if you've been a subscriber here for a long time and you watch all the videos, of course, because I've had this happen to me three separate times. And it's always a, um, you know, some people call it a coincidence that it just happens to be banks that I had banked with that I had done investigations into or I had talked very negatively about them and their practices and scams and all sorts of other things that they were doing. And next thing you know, my bank account gets closed down. This has happened three times now, three consecutive times. And I even went into branch one time and I recorded the conversation. You probably remember that video and they wouldn't give me any information and you know all of that sort of stuff. It says that Chase was requested as to why they closed down this bank account and they wouldn't provide information. It was done by the corporate office and that no one was allowed to even give out any information as to why. Now this is where it gets really interesting as if that wasn't interesting already. They said that they would only reopen their account if they gave them a list this is unbelievable, actually, of the NCRF's donors. So they wanted to know who was donating money for all of these investigations. Now, you could say here, yeah, but Neil, AML, anti-money laundering regulations and all this sort of things, they probably just want to make sure that there isn't money laundering going on and things like that. And I would say, OK, I mean, yeah, it's a kind of 50-50 there until you go on to the next point. All right, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that point. But then we go to the next point. A list of political candidates the NCRF intended to support. <laughs> okay, now I'm tipped over the edge here. Why do they need to know which political candidates they're going to support? What has that got to do with anything? Then number three just cements this in. An explanation of the criteria used to determine its endorsements and support, i.e. political. So I think it's pretty clear here that the bank oversteps, they're discriminating, they're trying to influence politics as well. Uh, the letter goes on to say, unfortunately, this is not the first time that the bank has done this. In 2021, a credit card processor owned by Chase terminated the account of Family Council, a conservative pro-life organization. They stated, unfortunately, we can no longer support your business. That same year, another company called WePay had the exact same situation. And this is where it gets a little more crazy. And the reason why they equated, this is what the letter says. I'm just reading this out. It, they equated conservative views with hate, violence, racial intolerance and terrorism. Chase then reversed this later on and said that it was a clerical mistake or clerical error. Yeah, yeah, you put all of those words in as the reason why you can't provide banking facilities. And then, and then you say, oh no, actually that was a mistake. That reminds me of Andrew Bailey just last week on the Friday Walk and Talk. Six months putting out the same thing all the time. They said, oh no, someone made a communication error. Oh, I don't know who, you know, who did it. Someone, yeah, it was only put out a hundred times over six months and uh, he didn't notice it, funny enough, even when he said it himself. 
This pattern of discrimination means that many Kentuckians and many residents of the states represented, which is a huge amount of, of states actually, are at risk of being debanked without notice or recourse. Kentucky is a conservative state with conservative voters. As recently as 2021, Chase considered Kentuckians of both political parties to hold views that promote hate, violence, racial intolerance and terrorism. Even though the bank was asked to provide evidence of a lot of this stuff, the bank ignored the proposal and asked the SEC, so the Securities and Exchange Commission, for permission to continue ignoring it. Third then, Chase's actions reveal a concerning double standard. While Chase refuses to participate in the survey component of the Viewpoint Diversity Score Business Index and disregards the shareholders' request, the bank prides itself on the company's top score in the, and this is what they're talking about, the left-wing human rights campaigners corporate equality index with Chase saying that they are leading the fight for LGBTQ plus rights. Only those pertinent to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer employees. Well, they're really getting into this now, aren't they? This letter is... Uh, yeah, not holding back any punches. Plainly, Chase has not extended the same unwavering com commitment to conservatives and religious groups. And then, of course, we have all the signatories on this um, letter then. Now, another thing I just wanted to touch upon before we go onto the shared screen is that I saw just this week a really bizarre proposal. And again, this isn't an official thing. It's not a government thing or anything like that. It was just a low-level economist of the USA talking about how to handle this banking crisis when it gets worse. So he used the word when. And what he was talking about was how the US government will most likely, under Janet Yellen, the Treasury, the banking sector, FDIC, he said what will most likely happen is that the FDIC simply won't have the funds in order to pay out when the funds are need to pay out. So what he talked about was how what's most likely to happen, this is where it gets even more crazy, is that the government are likely to simply freeze people's bank accounts to stop the outflow. And in that time, if the bank collapses, then you, the bank will have this collateral as he was using it. In other words, people's own money to stem the outflow and to sort of stabilize the bank's assets, I guess you can say. So what we're seeing at the moment is this sort of weakening of the entire banking system. You're having it politically motivated. You're seeing these freezes on bank accounts and deplatforming certain uh, people, debanking certain people and organizations. You're now having these radical proposals to potentially freeze people's bank accounts to stop outflows. And then as we go to the shared screen here, this just came out today, May 16th, Wells Fargo to pay $1 billion in class action lawsuit. Why, you may ask? Well, this just came out today, May 16th. The bank was accused of misleading investors after the 2016 scandal. They had to pay 
2020, $3 billion to settle a US probe. Yeah, in other words, they did that to avoid criminal charges because remember, these bankers always get out of the criminal charges. So they've just agreed to pay $1 billion to settle a shareholder lawsuit. Look at this, the accord follows a previous settlement four years ago over the bank's fake accounts scandal. In 2020, Wells Fargo agreed to pay $3 billion to settle US investigations into more than a decade, not, not like a month or two, few months, no, more than 10 years of abuses <laughs> under a deal that let the bank avoid criminal charges. Of course it did. Of course. Look at this statement that led legions of low-level employees to break the law. Now, just coming back to this letter we read out a moment ago, I think this is quite ironic that Bloomberg have somehow put this out. I guess they're completely unbiased in this situation. Here we go. They're being targeted by Republican state officials. Oh yeah, there's, you know, they're just being targeted for no reason whatsoever. Poor JP Morgan. They haven't done anything wrong. Look, the bank denies it all. And even look at this. Let's just, let's just highlight this a second. JP Morgan's annual shareholder meeting is scheduled for Tuesday and an investor has submitted a resolution asking the bank to investigate the official's claims. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? The board recommends that shareholders vote no. Hmm, hmm, I wonder why they recommend that they vote no. That is, that's an interesting one. I can't wrap my head around that. JP Morgan also declined to address the details. Hmm, now this brings me back to the first point I made because a lot of people say, well, Neil, I'm investing in this pension fund and they are, you know, they're, they're leading it and they're deciding what I invest into. Well, yes and no, you can actually take control. I'm not advising you to do this, but you can take control of your own pension. You can do a SIP or whatever it's called in your country. You can manage your own pension or you can move your pension or your investments to somewhere else that you feel is more suited to your personal values. And remember that I do have a finance course that covers all this sort of thing. People keep saying to me, well, I just don't know how to do any of this. I wouldn't even know what to do or how, what to buy or anything like that. Everything is covered in my course, which is below in the description. And we have a private community as well that can help. So I'll leave it there today. Thank you so much for watching. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. God bless you and your family. Uh, see you tomorrow.